position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which... That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite the deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to the 108th episode that's 108 episode Good evening, <laughs> of the best linux games podcast thank you ivor crack engineer ivor molina over there in the booth says hello uh it's being recorded for you on saturday the 19th of november 2016 at uh right around one o'clock in the morning pacific coast time that would make it 2016 11 19 yeah Eleven nineteen. Um, we have a really bizarre show for you this week, uh, but we're very excited about. It. We we feel very pumped. We're exploring, you know, new areas. Wait, wait a minute! I'm blind. I'm blind. That thing cut me. Okay, oh. so that's. But I wore. Hey, I know. Hey, I think this is porn. No, this is not porn. We're we're getting there though. We've been working up towards uh, engineering the show into sublimated porn. But uh, anyway. We don't have any uh, new and noteworthies this week because we're filled with rage. Um, oh, did I say that out loud? I'm oh, what's that, Ivor? Yes. Ivor Molina is holding up the drink sign. He says hi to everybody. Ivor, the entire audience. Just wait. For- oh, yep. 
They said hi to you too. They also said that you're fucking fired. Anyway, we fired Ivor Molina again. I'm out, Craig. That's right. So we do have some top stories for you. Uh, our column this week is kind of to be announced. Um, it'll come out uh, the best Linux games column, uh, which we've been doing almost every week uh, for the last I don't know couple of months, I guess. Um, I'm working on the finishing touches, uh, getting in a little more playtime in a very specific game that I want to talk about this week. I don't want to say anything about it here, but later on today, I guess, it's Saturday, so later on today, you can find the column at www.bestlinuxgames.com and at the top, click on the deceptive link uh, that says Best Linux Games, the column at the top of the page. It's very, it's some hidden, crazy, cryptic shit, I know. Um, but I'm going to hurt you. Uh, yeah, okay. All right, all right, all right, Ivor. So that's uh, what we're doing for the column. Uh, I want to, up next, second top story. Um, want to thank, super huge thanks go out to the infamous one for... It was just a crazy um, coincidence, but I ended up finally getting to interview him uh, Friday evening. Um, and I was completely unprepared, but he was gracious enough to spend an hour with me. Uh, we're going to put that together for next week's show. That'll be our feature. This guy goes back in gaming. I hate to say it. I hate to date him. I mean, he's an attractive man and everything. No, <laughs> I hate to date him. I hate to out him. But he is almost as hideously old as I am. He goes way back, and we talked a little bit of FOSS. We talked a little bit about um, user-contributed content and about what really a game's software ecosystem and lifespan uh, looks like when buttressed by a community um, and how that has changed and remains the same over... the past several decades, actually. Um, it's a super awesome... Uh, we got some super awesome insights from him. Uh, you can look forward to that next week. Um, hopefully, we'll be able to have him on the show again uh, when I'm not in the middle of doing 15 different things. Um, and we, we can have like a more coherent Q&A because this guy is a fascinating motherfucker. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And he's a good friend of the show. <laughs> Fascinating motherfucker, Emeritus, the infamous one. Cheers, thanks for making some time for me today. Uh, this week we have, uh, like I said, we have no new and noteworthy really to speak of that I want to talk about. Blah. Um, instead, it's all kind of been rolled into yet another installment of everyone's least favorite <laughs> feature, uh, semi-irregular well, not semi-irregular, semi, well, no, demi, no, it's just a randomly occurring, aleatory feature, the What I Am Playing segment. We have a couple of games, we have three games this week that I want to talk about, some of them, maybe something good, maybe something bad. One of them is very good, Um, the other two might have some issues. So that's our feature this week. And I want to say, before we get uh, to that feature, I want to say special 
congratulations to Soda Girls, S-O-D-A-G-I-R-L-S, which is an independent game developed by a bomber studio. came out November 7th. I want to say special congratulations to them because, and I mean this for a fact, like I don't know if I brought this up on the show, but I have read more blurbs for more Steam games over the last two and a half years than I can fucking tell you. And I've played a lot of the games too, at least the ones available for Linux. Um, And I've kept an official, literally an official um, score chart kind of thing in the back of my mind of the worst copy for a Steam Store games descriptive blurb. Um, This is Soda Girls absolutely has the third worst uh, Steam Store (laughs) game copy blurb that I have ever read. So, I'm going to read it to you now. Okay? Soda Girls. And by the way, this game, I I watched the video. Even though it's got 13 positive reviews, um, this game, it looks kind of, it looks very pretty. It looks like it has some nice graphics. The gameplay looks, I don't know. We don't even need to comment on the game itself. We're here to talk about the game's copy. In parentheses, it says, Soda Girls, not in quotation marks, in parentheses, Soda Girls, no space, capital T. Soda Girls, this is a difficult game, comma, capital soda, lowercase girls, not only fights the kinds of strong and cunt and cunning uh, oh my god this is so awesome i'll just read it to you soda girls this is a difficult game soda girls not only fights the kinds of strong and cunning combies but also fights from crazy scientists strange circus clowns gangsters and aliens from other planets every enemy should be played carefully otherwise soda girls may be killed by your careless now this is this is remarkable. This is like maybe my tenth reading. This is just a magnificently atrocious piece of copy. Defies any. It's like reading this is like the Hindenburg of. It's not the Hindenburg. It's like if hmm, it's 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 spectacular. It sets off fireworks in my brain reading this. It's, it's like watching that old show blind date where like you just watch people's blind dates go horribly wrong anyway I have to point out that two things really stick I'm, I'm kind of tempted to promote this above Bitardia this might be the second worst co- copy ever written for Steam but I have to point out two key qualities of the Soda Girls copy one literally The entire blurb is one sentence. Three things. That's the first thing. Second thing is not only is it one sentence, it's punctuated basically like where you would, you know, uh, have um, uh, sentence fragments or digressive topics. Like, you know, like you would have a hyphen or parenthetical, you know, comments or even just something in quotations you know, whatever, any sort of digressive, you know, sub-thought of the sentence, the punctuation that they chose to make where the sub, the sentence fragments, you know, blah, 
are positioned entirely randomly are an absolutely the exact wrong type of punctuation for whatever that part of it. <laughs> it's amazing. Like where you would, so it's like where there should be anything like a, you know, parentheses or a hyphen or even an ellipse for Christ's sake. The sentence just continues. Where you would think that three words before this, they had ended a thought and are now in a different thought, which is where, like, that would be another good... No, there's... there's It just continues. And then in exactly the wrong place after those three words, there's a semicolon. For instance... Strange circus clowns, comma, gangsters, comma, and aliens from other planets, semicolon. Every enemy should be played carefully, comma. Oh my god! Oh my god! And the third thing, and this is probably the most priceless aspect of the Soda Girls copy to me, which, it's... I'm not trying to beat up on them, I'm sure... I'm sure they care very deeply about their, their game and its future. You can... You know, you can say what you will, but there's a magnificent shitstorm that sometimes occurs when maybe they don't really care that much about their game. In fact, they don't care that much enough about their game to write coherent copy. And also, English might not be their first language. And this is actually a first that I've ever, I've never seen anything like this. I'm going to read because it's all one sentence. There is no period except at the very end. Which is amazing! It's amazing! I'm going to read it all to you again. Soda Girls. This is a difficult game. Soda Girls is not only fights the kind of strong and cunning combies, but also fights from crazy scientists, strange circus clowns, gangsters, and aliens from other planets. Every enemy should be played carefully. Otherwise, and here's the money shot. Otherwise, comma, Soda Girls may be killed by your careless. Period. Now, we'll forget the obvious irony that Soda Girls may be killed by your careless. Like, is it careless enough to not finish a sentence? Greatest genius of this. Forget the obvious irony of that. This paragraph, this blurb, doesn't even end with anything approaching a sentence fragment. It doesn't even end with a... It ends with half of a complete thought after many other incomplete thoughts. Splice seemingly almost randomly together if it didn't have, like, the actual, you know, list of enemies. Strange triggers, clowns, gangsters, and aliens from other planets. Semicolon, every enemy should be played carefully. Oh, we're playing as the enemy. Okay, that's good. Every enemy should be played carefully. Otherwise, Soda Girls may be killed by your careless. I have yet to read a piece of Steam copy that doesn't end with anything resembling a complete thought. Otherwise, soda girls may be killed by your careless. That's astonishingly awesome! I hope they never change it. Uh, check out the video. It looks like a pretty mind-numbing uh, side-scrolling beat-em-up with really pretty graphics. So, I've or You know, that's a good idea, Ivor. Why don't we digress from the uh, soda girls copy dissection. I know that everyone loves it. Oh, what's that? I- Oh! Perfect! Oh. My. God. It's Melivian. Melivian! 
Okay, I, I I can't I can't resist this. I I need to hear what the soda. <laughs> Bear with me a moment. Here's what the soda girls copy sounds like through one of my uh you know stupid but kind of tweaked and tricked out a little bit um e-speak voices. Uh, I just want to hear someone else read this copy. Oh, it's priceless. Here we go. Okay, Ivor, can we get, like, uh, a music bet? Okay, awesome. Cool. Ivor and I are on the same technical page. Hit it. Hit, hit, him, with, hit, hit, him, hit him with your assistant. Just remember that soda girls. Soda girls, this is a difficult game. Soda girls not only fights the kinds of strong and cunning combines, but also fights from crazy scientists, <laughs> strange circus clowns, monsters, <laughs> and aliens from other planets. Oh, Every okay. enemy should be played carefully, otherwise <laughs> soda girls may be killed by your careless. <laughs> okay, when you hear it as, you know, e-speak, <laughs> I defy you. I, I mean, I could give you some samples of absolute nonsense that I have either written or randomly generated, basically, from <laughs> just <laughs> throwing together shit to make e-speak just say things that seem like language but just make no sense. Soda Girls, absolutely all-time champion of that. I still say it's the third most incomprehensible copy ever on Steam. Thank you, Ivor, for putting that together for us. That was pretty cool, if I don't say so myself. Um, what's that, Ivor? Oh, you want to hear it one more time? Oh, you want... Ivor wants to use... His girl. I don't know, Ivor. They might not like it. Soda girls, this is a difficult game. Soda girls not only fights the kinds of strong and cunning combines, but uh -huh. also fights from crazy scientists, <laughs> strange circus clowns, monsters, and aliens from other planets. Oh, okay. Every enemy should be played carefully, otherwise, <laughs> soda girls may be killed by your careless. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Just just by way of um Hang on. Just by way of comparison. Uh this would be, uh, yeah, okay. Ivor, yeah, I got you, Ivor. We're doing this on the fly. <laughs> Move everything for great justice. Okay, that makes more sense than any aspect of soda. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I'm having too much fun. I know we gotta fill some time this week, too, because, like, all right, so like, uh, as promised, I know I have I know, I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll get you a drink. <laughs> I, I want, I just want to play it again, you know, that. anyway. <laughs> There's like this complete and total disconnect from 
anything resembling sanity or reality by the time she gets to like but also fights from crazy scientists strange circus clowns gangsters and aliens from other (laughs) and the best line of course is every enemy should be played carefully something just delicious I, I have great fondness for Eastbeak and for actually uh, Eastbeak's surprisingly versatile with socks at least but anyway so our feature this week what I'm playing <laughs> and I'm not playing Soda Girls okay I, I hope that someone someone out there out there in Radio Land got a a thrill no matter how how remote. I know it was. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Yeah. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It really was. <laughs> okay, so what I'm playing. We're going to start with the best game that I'm playing this week. It is called MechaZoo. M-E-K-A-Z-O-O. Um, it came out... Uh, it's about 10 days old, I want to say. It's $19.99. And it builds itself as a 2D platformer. This is one of those times where, like, the actual game copy is completely... Like, this game should be ranting about itself. And, no, they're like, you know, we're going to keep it short, lucid, and not like a fucking fever dream of a morphine drip Vicodin-induced comatose Mars patient after a lobotomy... Here's what they have to say. MechaZoo is a 2D platformer set in a vibrant 3D world with fast-flowing gameplay and a cast of kinetically diverse mechanized animals. This came out November 14th, and I've only played it for, I want to say like 20 minutes, something like that. Um, oh, point, 0.4 hours. Um, this game is very much like Sonic the Hedgehog but with, um, I never got into the Sonic the Hedgehog games where you had tails or knuckles, even really, um, except for the ones where they played like a very bit part, but they weren't like you know tag team characters. Well, in MechaZoo, you can switch between five different. I-, I counted five. There might be more. There might be less. But I think there are five different animals. You play in these unbelievably colorful three D worlds. But it's still a, 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 it plays like a two-dimensional side-scroller. So you're on like a, just a two, 2D side-scrolling path in these incredible 3D worlds with a variety of different gameplay that's both um, very fast-paced and action-oriented with a slight tinge of puzzle. I, I know, I hate puzzle games, but this game is so, so not at heart, a puzzle game. This game is about pure gameplay and unbelievable graphics. It's this incredible neon world um, where you're going through these pneumatic tubes that bend you all sorts of different directions, spit you out, and then all of a sudden you're bouncing on something, and you know, blah. The only two characters that I've played as are the frog and the armadillo. The frog, the armadillo-esque creature, I think it's an armadillo. These are luminous, like, Tron-like uh animal avatar like things that are I guess meant to be mechanical in nature there's this whole blending of um, glorious uh, high res cartoony 
um, environments with these characters that are luminous. They're like neon, like Tron. If you've ever seen the movie Tron, they look a lot like Tron moving at, you know, 60 frames per second in these just fantastic worlds that um, are really fun to just try to get through as fast as possible, but from my experience are even more fun to go back and try to complete the challenges and stuff. I don't know how long this game is. You can look for a full review later, but MechaZoo is definitely... If you're at all a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog games, um, you know, especially the ones... Uh, like the the first one for the Genesis, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog. The, I think that was the name of it. <laughs> and um, Sonic uh, Sonic Two for the Game Gear, or also Sonic um, Sonic CD for the Sega CD. Because I know that I am one of the twelve people who owned a Sega CD. Um, so I'm sure that you know, out of the boosting an audience. <laughs> In the high single digits. I'm sure that out of the nine people who are hearing my voice as I speak right now, I'm sure that you too also own a Sega CD. If you're a fan of the Sonic the Hedgehog games where it's pure speed, absolute um, loop-de-loop, fucking beautiful two-dimensional worlds, this takes Sonic to like, really, it's the, the best pure total updating of the Sonic the Hedgehog series that I've played. The best game that I've played that is in the Sonic the Hedgehog um, field and still retains its the pixel graphics and like, you know, the the the, um, the look and feel along with a lot of the gameplay but also innovates on that and is just pure joy is called Freedom Planet uh, which you can which we haven't talked about on the show in a while, but it's one of the best games available for Linux. Period. Um, and it's definitely, the for my money, it's might be the best side-scrolling platformer, pure side-scrolling platformer available for Linux. But MechaZoo is like a total updating of that. Like, you know, whereas Freedom Planet, like, is placed in the same kind of pixel, pixel graphics um, raster, drawn world uh, that's, you know, demi-genesis era graphics. MechaZoo is blisteringly gorgeous in these, uh, I guess you could think of them as, uh, what was the name of that game? Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot style um, worlds. Huge variety of gameplay. MechaZoo is awesome. Now, now that we've talked about the awesome, let's talk about the game that makes me want to kill myself, my family, and the world. <laughs> okay, I'm, I try not to ever beat up on games, especially games that I haven't played a huge amount. One, because it's just bad to focus on the negative. There are other games like MechaZoo or even just get, getting to mention Freedom Planet again on the podcast is something I would rather do, you know, give time to fabulous games rather than beat up on games that I don't like but uh Satellite Rush that's S-A-T-E-L-L-I-T-E R-U-S-H it's I could say that I have been so I've probably only played it for 10 minutes maybe 15 trust me that's all I needed to play 
to know how much this game infuriates me. Now, it would be easy to say that Satellite Rush pisses me off and makes me want to rip my own fucking head off because on the surface, and especially from the screenshots and then also from the Steam Store copy, it basically purports, it doesn't directly say this, but this is kind of what it's representing, you know what I mean? Um, It doesn't actually say, yeah, we're making Smash TV the four-player roguelike um, game for the PC and Linux. It doesn't actually say that literally, but that is exactly what it looks like, and that is exactly what the copy is like. Let's, Ivor, can you pull that up for me? I know, it's my bad. I didn't tell Ivor about that we're going to satellite rush. So it would be easy to say that that's what made me angry about the game. You know, you could say that I was un, I, I, un, unfairly... My playtime in the game was spent unfairly comparing it to Super Smash TV on the NES. Or any sort of Smash TV um, game crossed with a roguelike. You could say that. That is not what... I mean, that is a... That is, that is a thing. That is an issue for me. A big angry issue. But that is absolutely not why I am spending, I don't know, five, eight minutes here in the in in an entire episode tell telling you how what a what a nasty piece of trash I think this game is. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to the people who made Satellite Rush. Here's what they had to say, by the way. Satellite Rush is a sci-fi top-down shooter with pixel art graphics and roguelike elements. Take control of an abducted office worker and blast through Satellite Mobius, a space gladiatorial arena where you'll have to please the audience to get new items and survive. Okay, so that sounds fucking rad. And it looks like Smash TV. It's a top-down... By the way, Super Smash TV um, was basically this... Uh... Not Blade Runner. <laughs> it had nothing to do with Blade Runner. Oh God, what what the fuck was the um? Oh Jesus, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh my God, I'm getting fucking old, and I'm nowhere near drunk enough to do this show. You're right, Ivor. You're right. You're right. Um, Running Man. Jesus God. Um, Running Man like a big money, big prizes. I love it. Um, which is, like, ostensibly pit you and your friend on your Super Nintendo console, or I think there was four-player in the arcade. I think. I can't quite remember because that was a thousand years ago. That was before um, uh, Silicon had been invented. That was when we were still playing games uh, using glass beads and uh, mirrors and refracted light. Um, Back before we invented gunpowder, basically. Uh, but anyway, or maybe maybe it was when I served uh, as Secretary of State in the Lincoln administration. <laughs> Stealing Robert Reich's name. Anyway, this game was awesome. Uh, Super Smash TV. It was fabulous. Super violent. The idea was you, you and your friend have to kill everyone in each of these rooms. Each room is an arena. All of it being broadcast to a live audience. Uh, studio audience, live studio audience, and millions of viewers at home um, for big money, big prizes. I love it. In this, like, insane send-up of 
violence, commercialization, greed, and game shows, and uh, spectator sport, um, and uh, rioting, actually. There's a lot of political shit in that game, which is pretty cool. I mean, ultimately, it was a send-up of, you know, capitalist greed and et cetera, other massive trends from the 80s and, yeah, early 90s, I guess. Um, fantastic. All wrapped up in this Blade Runner-esque, or, uh, Running Man-esque kind of um, story package. Satellite Rush basically just told you, we're not going to call ourselves Running Man or Super Smash TV, but that's what we're going to do, and we're going to make it a roguelike. So instead of everything being exactly the same as it was in in Super Smash TV, you had um, several choices occasionally between which room to go to next, but they were all, you know, directly linked rooms, and they were all the same. So, blah. So I got really, I was really excited to play Satellite Rush. Fact that it does not at all live up to that is not what pisses me off about the game. Thing that really... I mean, just blew my mind as a deal breaker for me in this game is the fact that, okay, so it's a top-down game, has decent art, kind of cool enemies from what I, I, I how long have I played? I played it for 0.2 hours. I will never play Satellite Rush again. It's going to take someone with incredible street cred in my eyes telling me that Satellite Rush is like the greatest game that I am missing out on for me to ever play this game again. This is so rare. What pissed me off? Oh my god, it's so infuriating. It's a top-down game. You're surrounded by enemies in basically either a square or a rectangle. The screen can scroll up, but you have to get to the... You have to kill everything and then get to the, uh, the exit... The more things you kill, the more the audience gets... There's a crowd thrillometer, And when it fills up, like, past, like, I guess, three quarters, you enter, like, this reward zone of the meter where, um, ostensibly, you know, audience members who you can't see, the audience isn't rendered, quote-unquote, throw you um, weapons... Okay, still sounds great. Kind of like Thunderdome crossed with Smash TV. I'm in. Whatever. Forget all the Smash TV comparisons because in this game, you could only shoot in uh, four directions. Up, down, left, and right. There are no diagonals. There's no. There's nothing in between. Absolute north, south, east, and west. This is really really, really awful. Um, especially considering that very early on, some of the enemies, their patterns are directly diagonal to you. And in fact, from the very beginning, many enemies, they're firing patterns. Like, let's say there's like a little ball that shoots like, you know, like a burst of, uh, of uh, bullets like in every direction, like in a, in a circular pattern. Those, the, the increments in between, um, on that circle, the, the actual uh, bullets making up that circle as it expands approach you at every diagonal. There are enemies who can only be hit from diagonal. You cannot aim diagonally in this game. I watched the... So I thought maybe this was a control issue for me. It, if this is actually a controller problem and I just 
I mean, I watched the video three times after spending point two of the most anger-induced. I've not been so pissed at a game. It's like, oh, okay, we're going to make the broken game. We're going to simulate the early Bandai fucking bootleg non-Nintendo fucking demi-pirated, semi-unlicensed fucking horrible THQ origins of bad fucking video game design. We're going to give you a blast from the past, kids. We're going to show you what it was like back when shitty games actually were really expensive and you bought them because they were the only games available. Oh, you're going to know. You're Oh, yeah, brother. You're going to know pain. You're going to know endless hours of just horrendous, horrendous, hopeless, frustrating anger and agony as you sit there knowing that Literally, you're not going to get another game for maybe half a year because it's like $50 of horrible, 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 shitty game designed to rape you. Designed to rape your little kids. Designed to rape you, little one. Of that $50 of the only game you're going to get till Christmas. <laughs> it's designed for this. Yeah, we don't fucking care. We got your fucking suck my dick. That is exactly what my point two hours of Satellite Rush felt like. And I watched the video several times. Literally, I watched it three times after I played the game for those glorious point two hours, trying to see if maybe this was a controller issue. Because the game has a very polished feel and it's a great premise. The graphics aren't that wonderful, but... Forget everything except for this. You can only shoot up, down, left, and right in a top-down arena shooter where enemies come at you from every angle. And that is to say nothing of the bullet patterns. Bullet patterns will piss you off pretty instantaneously. By the third room, out of like the seven times I played it, I think, about seven times I did, because like, you know, it's got permadeath. How is this? Yeah, you know, we'll call this our Satellite Rush episode. Uh, uh, that's it. We, we're going to skip our, our the third game of the What I'm Playing segment. This is... Uh, so I thought maybe this was a controller issue. Maybe if I watched the video... Let's hear some of that glorious video. Shows a little guy with a little gun... Welcome to the arena. He looks like an office worker, which is hilarious. Welcome to Satellite Mobius. Spotlight goes on. What? You didn't ask to be abducted? Sorry about that. Oh, and then the lights come up and you're in an arena. The exit is at the end of this corridor. And then it shows gameplay. Digging the music. Like the sound effect. I like... The pixel style of the graphics even, they're not that great once you get in the game, but I'm watching this as hard as I can. It... It... (laughs) You cannot shoot diagonally. I'm almost fucking 100% positive. Now, some people will say, 
in the video, and this is one thing that tricked me, it looks like your bullets are going diagonally in some places. That's only because of the weapon that you're using. Like, there's a shotgun that has a spray pattern. Anyway, what I'm telling you is fuck Satellite Rush as hard as you... I have no idea how this game has seven positive reviews. I have no idea. What the fuck have these people said? Product received for free. Um, well, let's see what... Is it top down? Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, these guys, whoever they paid off to get... To give them positive reviews is amazing money well spent. Early access review posted May 2nd. Kumeric Labs is... This is by Warwick J. I haven't read this. Um... Is an independent development studio from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Okay, that's no excuse. <laughs> I don't know of too many development studios from Rio de Janeiro. Welcome to the world of taking my money. Make a better game. Uh, anyway, their studio is one that was founded out of a number of friendships. Who had a sh- what the fuck? How is this a review? The studio was established back in 2012 with a... What the fuck? How is it, you know... I've, okay, so I had to show me more of this review. Paragraph 27, which starts like a fucking P. I mean, it's copied straight from their letterhead almost. I found the game. To, I'm not, you know, I don't know. I don't know, but that this is just really weird. Anyway, I found the game to this end to be a highly enjoyable experience. If you're good at games such as the aforementioned The Binding of Isaac, you'll find yourself at home almost immediately. The gameplay can be fast and frantic, which keeps you on your toes constantly. Wow. Anyway, so the best thing about Satellite Rush, I can say, is fuck Satellite Rush needs to die. If I'm wrong, please let me know. Skooky Sprite, S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E on Steam, or hit me up on Twitter at VegasWriter, V-E-G-A-S-W-R-I-T-E-R. If you want to throw away your money, please do not give your $4.99 to Satellite Rush. I know this isn't a full review, but you're never going to get... I am never going to play this game again. It pissed me off so much. It's like, oh, okay, I get to die endlessly while being furious at basic... Basic... I was horrendous. Shoot up, down, left, right, and everything attacks you from diagonals. This sounds great. Sounds great. Can you kick me in the balls too? I mean, seriously. Like, oh. Watch, I'm gonna boot. I'm gonna boot this up the second I post this this uh, episode, and I'm gonna call this the Satellite Rush episode. It's gonna be our fucking headline. I never do this, and I normally I, the gods punish me. <laughs> Cause I, you can't shoot diagonally. There is no game if you can't shoot diagonally. So point two hours for me. Generally, my rule is I play 20 hours or I beat the game. 20 plus hours. I mean, it's not a hard and fast rule. It has to be exactly 20 hours. It has to be generally 20 hours plus and or beating the game before I do a review. I am never touching this nasty piece of shit again. I've played other games that have had, you know, similar um, fundamental faults to them uh, during the two and a half years since I started doing Best Links Games podcast, all of them have been due to technical problems in terms of actually handling your controller. 
the, I, from what I have gleaned, came out November 16th, so maybe, blah, I have no idea how there's seven positive reviews. They must be from the most lobotomized, deranged maniacs who have, like, if you gave those seven, the people who wrote those seven positive reviews, if you gave them, like, a game like, um, what should you buy instead of Satellite Rush? You should buy, uh, uh, Enter the Gungeon, G-U-N-G-E-O-N. Basically the same premise, not, you know, blah, but the same gameplay and everything. Oh, wait, except they do it absolutely fucking right to the point where you will be delighted and furious. Not at the game design, but how at how difficult and clever and insidious the game is at learning your strengths and weaknesses and coming at you even after, you know, 60, 70 hours of gameplay from just mind-bendingly crazy angles um, before you get even remotely tired of it. Endless amounts of secrets. This game, you can only shoot up, down, left, and right. So yeah, those seven people who gave this game a positive review, fuck you. I cannot believe that they're not being paid off in some way or like their reviews have not been in some way completely influenced in whole or in part by uh, the game designers. And it's a game like this that really pisses me off because if they added, you know, diagonals, wow, there's like, you know, there might be 70 hours of this game in this game. 0.2 hours, I'm never touching it again. Until immediately after I'm done recording this. Just to, just to make sure. Just to make sure. And if anyone anyone has anything to say about that, tell me I'm wrong. You know, and I'm sorry, I don't like to beat up on independent developers, and I especially don't like to beat up on independent developers who put out a game for Linux, but this is awful. This is really inexcusably awful. It might be one of the worst games that I've ever played for Steam on Linux that hasn't had an actual fundamental technical difficulty this is a design difficulty. This is this is a bad game. Haven't played a game this bad in a long time. Haven't paid money for a game this bad in a long time. And no, I won't return it. Just because they put it out for Linux. And hey, good luck, uh, Chimeric Labs. Um, you know, you're going to have to overwhelm me with something that's with an actually playable title. Uh, with your next release. Otherwise, please die in a fire. <laughs> you know, I don't know. So let me tell you how I really feel about Satellite Rush. I didn't like the game. <laughs> and wipe your hands. If I see a smudge, I will have you destroyed. Oh my God, my allergies. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Oh my God. Flames, flames, flames on the side of my face. So, yeah, okay, I guess it was time, eventually, you know, for a horrendously fury-inducing game. Now, to everyone's favorite part of the show, and then we'll get you, we'll get you out of here. So, wait, let me tell you what I really think about Satellite. You know what, let's just, let's just uh, play the uh, <laughs> Soda Girls. That was such a happier part of, of our show. I hope I, I haven't overwhelmed you with my negative vibes. Um... The other game that I wanted to talk about in terms of what I'm playing is a game called Silence, which is actually very expensive. It's a point-and-clicker 
um, from the same guys who made uh, uh, they're called uh, Daedalic and they made uh, fuck um, oh I'm losing my mind here I think they made like the Deponia series or whatever the or also, maybe they were also the guys behind the Book of Unwritten Tales. They make all of the great modern point and clickers, uh, a la King's Quest and stuff. The modernized version of that, Sam and Max hit the road, space, uh, space quest. Uh, hopefully, space quest too. Um, you get a jump on senility by mumbling incoherently to yourself. Demi uh, in, inventory based, uh, story driven. Some people call them hidden object games. I, I, I don't like that. I think it's a misnomer. Silence is fucking gorgeous. It's not my type of game. It's also very expensive. Um, I might actually end up revisiting it, though, just because I kind of... I kind of got really interested. Um, I only played it for 30 minutes or whatever, but I kind of got really interested. I thought it was an action game. That's the only reason why I bought it. kind of got very interested in uh, the actual story in spite of itself. I think these guys have absolutely have absolutely perfected this genre, the genre of the point and clicker, which used to be a point and typer, used to be um, like King's Quest, inventory-based, uh, demi-puzzle-solving storytelling where you can fall to your death all the time or just get constantly killed by... I uh, can't remember the name of the aliens from uh, Space Quest... Uh, Actually, that wasn't the name of that game. What was the name of that? Was it Space Quest? Anyway, where you play Roger Wilco. Um, anyway, these guys have really perfected that genre to like a degree and level. Like it's never going to get any better than what they're doing. Only problem I have with it in general, with the, with you know them constant. I don't like generally. I don't like the stories that they are telling or the way they're telling the stories using this perfectly. Um, refined and polished. Um, you know, really perfecting this entire genre. Even though I think it's a great way to tell stories in an interactive way that's not a visual novel, and blah. And I accidentally got sucked in a little bit by Silence's story, even though it has these you know weird moments where you're like, why are why does this character say that to this other character when that is obviously what the developer was thinking this character is thinking and not what this character wants to be saying? You know what I mean? It has these weird rough moments, but then they're also incredibly overwhelming um, visually and storytelling kind of... Kind of uh, moments that are both visually and uh, narratively impressive. Um, so that's silence. Anyway, that's all the positive stuff we got for you. Oh, wait, except for everyone's favorite, the deals. So first up, oh, what's that? I've Oh, shit. Well, we ran long anyway. We only have two deals for you this week, so we'll do it. I got Sans Music Ivor. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. I want to break something, too. I want to just smash shit right now. Try not to... I don't think since um, White Knight, I think was the name of that game, I don't think we've ever done a more negative feature on any game on this show. 
Hopefully, like, someone will tell me that I'm wrong and that I need to, you know, next week I need to do a whole glorious review and, and retraction. I don't see it coming. But anyway, no apologies. Not for me. Not yet. Give me a reason. For reals. Anyway, we have two awesome deals for you to take the sting and stench and awful smell of burning hair and fried synapses and awful crazy dark places from hell that we just took you to. I know. I know I feel your pain. Two awesome deals for you. First off is Tome Raider, which is on a weekend sale right now. This is the 2013 Tomb Raider that uh, if you've been listening to the show at all, you know is one of my favorite games uh, for Linux, one of the best looking games for Linux, one of the best games for Linux, and also um, someone actually stole my line in one of their reviews of Tomb Raider uh, I read this months ago um, and we've spent endless hours talking about Tomb Raider on this show, but uh they said it was a masterclass in game development. Not only is it a masterclass in game development, it is up until Mad Max, just the character, just the expressiveness of the character models, unbelievable, and the environments, the way that they cheat with uh, in lots of technical ways to make the game run just super smooth and beautiful. Some of the most exciting action sequences that I've played in any game ever, literally any game ever. God damn, this has been a hell of a year for awesome games. Now, through November 21st, Tomb Raider, um, and this is the 2013 one, runs great on Linux. Um, it's a Feral Interactive port. When you see the name Feral Interactive, you know that Skooky Sprite just loves it. Because I know that Feral, unlike the unholy abomination factory that made Satellite Rush, those monsters, unlike those bad people, who try to hurt you and take your money and then leave you to die in a ditch as they fuck your girlfriend on TV in front of your family and friends and everyone's laughing at you while you die and you watch it too. Unlike that, Feral Interactive makes fabulous ports of world-class games. So now through November 21st, Tomb Raider, 75% off. Meaning you have no excuse. You have no fucking Excuse, I don't care if you hate Lara Croft. I hate Lara I hated Lara Croft. And I had great reason to hate her. Until Tomb Raider from 2013 came out for Linux earlier this year. And I I played 92 hours of it. I've beaten it like fucking 15 times. Um, it's... Uh, fuck. After this, I might just fucking beat it again. Because it's that good. $4.99. This is a AAA title on par with Shadows of Mordor, any any of the best, biggest and best uh, commercial titles that have been made available for Linux um, via Steam. This is, you know, from the last you know four years. Fuck, you can even just say three years. This is one of those games. It's rarefied air. It is $4.99. And it runs on a variety of different hardware because it is you know, three, almost four years old now. Um, you can cheat with it. Um, at $4.99, fuck you if you have a complaint about Tomb Raider. Yeah, this is just like the anger episode. I guess I'm just gonna fucking, I'm just gonna give up. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm staring into the hopeless void. Satellite rush just 
just really shook my faith in the medium and in the market. I thought that we could make beautiful stories that would be interactive <laughs> they made satellite rush. Yeah, so apart from the hopeless nihilistic void that is opening before me, Tomb Raider, oh, it's the exact opposite. It's like, oh, I get I get to keep my girlfriend and I don't have to die and watch her get raped on TV in front of my parents. Oh my god. Oh my god. Thank you so much. I love you. I love you, Feral Interactive. Um, also made the port of Mad Max. Feral Interactive doesn't make bad Linux ports. My humble opinion and in my <laughs> extensive experience. Um, and finally... If you're not that, if you if you're f still afraid that Tomb Raider might require 3D acceleration beyond your system's uh, capabilities, or just if you want like basically the best, it's so difficult because like it's not the all-time greatest ninja game ever made, but it is the best side-scrolling uh, ninja game revolving around stealth. But it's not just stealth. It's like if Ninja Gaiden were kind of... Gaiden, Gaiden, whatever the fuck you want to call it. That game were like actually a ninja simulator focused around stealth, but with the same fucking catastrophic violence and blood and enemies and super cool, um, crazy, you know, wall jumping, uh, you know, environments and blah. Cross that with, like, Metal Gear Solid, but make it so that Metal Gear Solid never made Snake Eater, so you don't have to deal with, like, the emotional trauma of, like, basically the worst story ever made with the worst translation of already inherently awful dialogue. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I ranting about Snake Eater? Yeah. I guess I was there, wasn't I, Ivor? Yeah. Ivor's just shaking his head. He's weeping. He feels my pain. He's seen what Satellite Rush looks like. Anyway, Mark of the Ninja, which is a game that never goes on sale, and is one of, I swear to God, last three weeks, I've been saying this so many times, because there have been so many fabulous games especially just this year overall it's like you know every week it seems like there's either a game on sale or a brand new game like Mad Max absolutely from now on I don't know if I said this in any of the 15 of the last episodes that I've talked about ranted about Mad Max Mad Max and I'm saying this on the record absolutely I know I'm far too fucking sober right now for this I, oh my god it'll satellite rush will just puncture your kidneys with its awfulness um I'm saying this for the record Mad Max which I've now played over 160 hours of and have beaten seven times I'm telling you this Mad Max regardless of any system any platform and any era I'm not going to say it's the all time most beautiful game ever made in my opinion, you know, my personal pick, but I will tell you this, and this is on the record, this is not on a dry dry erase board, this is carved into my wall, like Claude Frollo from fucking Hunchback of Notre Dame, with like, you know, uh, <laughs> Lux and Sylvia Mest, and Spiris Baronom and Newman, and all of his other crazy Latin tags, this is carved onto my wall, Mad Max, for me, is the standard by which I will judge all games from now going forward in terms of beauty 
meaning it is the high watermark of all time for me for most beautiful game. That came out, you know, three weeks ago. Holy shit. Anyway, Mark of the Ninja, one of the best games about ninjas ever, and one of the best side-scrolling platformers. Even though that's a that's that that's a reductionist way of saying it, it never goes on sale. It's a stealth action game that's a side-scroller that rewards precision, super delicious controls, unbelievable style, fantastic graphics. It's an older game, but it is... I, I would go so far as to say that like, just as the original Tenchu Stealth Assassin defined a genre in of itself in terms of ninja games. Up until then, there had been games that had some stealth elements, kind of, but, you know, blah, nothing in 3D. Tenchu, Stealth Assassin, the first one, you know, one of, that's like the best stealth ninja game that I've ever played, um, even though it looks terrible these days because it's so fucking old. Mark of the Ninja. So, in a sense, Tenchu Stealth Assassin is its own genre. It's in a class by itself. Even though it's a ninja game, even though it's a 3D kind of, and even though it's a stealth game, combine all of those together, you get Tenchu Stealth Assassin. They've No one has ever made a game as good as Tenchu Stealth Assassin that does what Tenchu Stealth Assassin does. So it's basically a genre in itself. Mark of the Ninja looks, like if you look at screenshots, it looks like, uh, yeah, kind of like a dark Ninja Gaiden with like super fancy side-scrolling cartoony graphics that attempt to be demi-realistic yet highly stylized. Um, yeah, when you play it, you'll realize, okay, no one's ever made a game like this before or since. And no one has improved upon Mark of the Ninja. I don't even think they can make a Mark of the Ninja 2 because there's so much Mark of the Ninja in Mark of the Ninja, even though it's not the longest game in the world. You can replay the levels so hard, so many different ways, and unlock so much shit, and go for so many different challenges, and accomplish not just the objectives, but complete the missions in ways that are not just simple binary choices, but are actual gameplay decisions that you can make sometimes on the fly and sometimes as tactical or strategic decisions, strategic, not tactical, strategic decisions in terms of the way you equip yourself before going on a mission. Endless variety of incredible detailed gameplay, super unbelievably fun, one of the best ninja games ever made, never goes on sale, because, like all of the truly awesome fucking games um, that are available for Steam, uh, why would we ever discount something that we can always sell at full price and will always and forever, until the end of time, be totally worth full price? Mark of the Ninja, game I don't talk about anywhere near as often enough, and I'm trying to just... It's not just a reaction to how horrible Satellite Rush was. It's one of my favorite games for Steam. I mean, fuck... Freedom Planet this episode, that's absolutely man, maybe this year we'll make uh, my uh, my best games of Linux for this year we'll, uh, in January, maybe we'll make it even harder and we'll do our like two and a half year slash demi three year top ten games ever for Linux on Steam since the podcast started um, but Mark of the Ninja never goes on sale right now um it's normally, I think it's normally 20 bucks. Uh, Mark the Ninja now is 75% off. This is so nuts. This game never goes on sale. Not even during any of the... Not even during any of, like, the summer sales or the autumn or winter sales. This game never goes on sale. Um, oh, by the way, 
reviews recently, overwhelmingly positive, 105 reviews overall, overwhelmingly positive, 11,052 reviews. This is a side-scrolling platformer. Came out October 16, 2012. Never goes on sale. Normally $14.99. It is now through November 23rd, $3.74. You have no excuse. If you have a gamepad, even if you don't have a gamepad, I, I've never tried to play it with a keyboard, but if you have a netbook, old netbook, you want a game that you can play on the plane, you know, while you fly to Japan and back again in one sitting, you know, from Las Vegas, you know, from the West Coast, this is your game. Trust me. I got 22.9 hours on record. I've been it maybe five times. Unbelievable game. That's why they haven't made a sequel because I don't think they can really make more of this game. They put all of this game in this game. Exact opposite of our, I guess, our feature this week, even though it was a, what I'm playing. It's the exact opposite of Satellite Rush. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Um, check back next week for our, our interview with the infamous one. Hopefully the first of many to come. Um, he, he is a fascinating motherfucker. He made over 1,500 maps for uh, Duke Nukem 3D. Oh yeah, baby. You're listening to K-Tits. Actually. Yeah, come on. You gotta do it. Groovy. That's right, groovy. Bitchin'. Where's K-Tits? I got, I, I know. This is K-T-I-T. K-Tit. Playing the breast are the best <laughs> tunes in town. <laughs> oh, until this Nobody checks with our independence. <laughs> yeah. He made over 1,500 uh, maps for multiplayer um, and etc. for uh, Duke Nukem 3D. Fascinating guy. Uh, huge Linux uh, user. Starting his own podcast as soon as he gets that up and running. Blah, But he's a fascinating guy to talk to with a uh, a, a unique and uh, informed take on the entire game industry uh from the 3D era onward and especially you know I mean this is a guy who made 1500 maps um some of which I played before I knew him like I played them <laughs> when they <laughs> he is no lightweight um so yeah check back next week for that and uh uh you know um I I this really pisses me off. That's what Satellite Rush... Uh, this sucks. That, once again, those... I'm going to call this the Satellite Rush episode must die. Never done that before. I hope I don't live to regret it. I feel like uh, I'm <laughs> in the Martian, but... Looks like it's time for me to go postal. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Until next week. Game over. <laughs> There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there, I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com.
to subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.